Okay, everybody. Um, <clears throat> we are going to circle back. As a reminder, we will have another break built in for those who have, were in the hotel need to check out. So we'll be breaking again at about 10 minutes to 11. It's right now 10.06. <clears throat> so we will be breaking again to make sure that we can have people check out for the hotel. Oh, thank you. Just oh, for everybody to sure know, have a number. everything on that table on the right-hand side, don't even think about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> In light of that, does everybody have a number? Did everybody get a number? Make sure that you keep your number. Hang on to it. Keep your number handy. <clears throat> and just like anything else... In order for you to get anything on this so-called table that's all covered up, you had to be present to win. You got to have a number, okay? You need a number. You need, huh? Trust me, you'll need a number. It's because we're doing drawings. We're doing a drawing as well too. Yeah, there's a drawing. Okay. In the interest of time, we're going to start back up again. I want to uh, keep things moving along so we can get done at a decent hour. Obviously, the Chick-fil-A minis are while they last. <laughs> there is while they last. There's, there is a limited number of them, so... But at least you know what they, what they taste like if you've tried them already. So let's get back to this study about where we are. And what we're, we're going to talk about is acknowledging the possible. Remember, this whole theme of this conference is about recognizing that with God all things are possible even for you. We sometimes need to acknowledge what that possible is. And understand that God is going to give us for provision for us to help to bolster our faith. But there's also a way that we need to be able to respond to it. There's a response that we need to also keep in mind as well, too. We are a very tangible people. Even though we understand the concept of faith, put that screen back. There's a screen. He's taking pictures, I see. That's fine. Even though we understand the concept of faith and believing in our Lord Jesus Christ, there's always going to be moments where we need help with our unbelief. We all remember where that comes from, this help from our unbelief. Now, I'm, so what we'll do is that we're, we're going to, I'm going to give you this verse, Mark 9, verses 14 through 29. I'm not going to read all of that. But there are key elements of that verse. This is about the mute spirit that we talked about yesterday in class. And ultimately it came down to how the disciples could not get this spirit out. It would only come out by prayer and fasting, even though they were enabled with this thing. It's enabled with the ability to remove these evil spirits. The disciples had the power to remove the evil spirits, but they weren't relying upon the power of Jesus Christ by praying about it. Jesus gave them a teachable moment by saying, you need to pray about this as far as removing this spirit. So, 
Read that on your own, but I want you to understand that this was a teachable moment for members of the disciples. We had mentioned yesterday when we had the conversation about this particular passage that Peter, James, and John were already traveling with Jesus. They had just come down off of the mountain and they were the ones involved with uh, observing what happened with these other nine disciples. Let's make some observations about the passage itself. Remember that Jesus had given the disciples power and authority to remove any demons, but they couldn't remove this one. When he heard this, Jesus openly expressed his frustration over the lack of faith of his disciples and that you know, one of the greatest challenges that we have and that the disciples needed to see too is that this was a faith challenge. A faith challenge for them. And remember what we've been saying, a lack of faith is nothing more than doubt. So what the disciples were experiencing, they couldn't get out the evil spirit. There had to be doubt in there. How come this isn't working? How come we're not able to do this? But the very thing they needed to do was to call on the Lord, Jesus Christ, for strength and energy. It wasn't immediately apparent to them. They had to be taught something from this experience. Jesus wants us to remember what he said in verse 23 in this passage. If you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Amen? Amen. All things are possible to those who believe. But he also knows that we need help with our belief. Amen? Amen. We still need help with it. We know it's possible, but we still need help even understanding that even more. It's inherent in our nature to question things to the point where we are uncertain of the outcome. How many of you question just about everything that you do? There's a question about it. You want to make sure that you're making the right choice, you're making the right decision? And Yeah, but that's, that's normal. That's something that really you should be doing ultimately before you do something. And that's part of the whole thing about consulting someone else. Sometimes when we're looking for advice from someone else, we want to make sure that we're getting advice that's helpful because sometimes God is the one who's giving the advice rather than just dismissing it. But that's okay. It's normal to question things. We were created that way. That's all right. Jesus wants you to extend yourself beyond just this way of thinking and believe, but he also shows us his power along the way, just as he did when he healed the boy from the demon, as well as numerous other miracles that he performed. Now, this is just one example of the miracles, of course. He performed many, many more miracles to show you what indeed is possible. That's something we need to understand and see. This shows how important it is for you to believe and to open your eyes to the number of ways that God works in your life. It's about seeing his overall plan and his ways for the long term and not just the short term. A lot of us see everything in the short term. And short term, I'll just remind you, can be two years, three years down. Even though you're looking forward. Well, Jesus wants us to go even longer than that. Much longer than that. Long term. He knows everything about us long term. We're limited in the way we think. We sometimes think short. Sometimes we just think about today. <laughs> today. And, and that's, there's some merit where we don't need to be getting involved in what happens tomorrow. Is there's a passage that says what? 
We don't worry about tomorrow. Today is sufficient for most of us. That's because today we need to take care of business. That's what it comes down to. Today we need to take care of business. Don't wait until tomorrow to do it. No sense in worrying about tomorrow. Take care of it today. Today is sufficient for you. But we want him to, we want us to, we should be seeing Jesus as a long-term planner for our lives. Your faith challenges are ongoing, but you can achieve it as you put your faith in him day after day. He's going to show you how to have more faith, and he'll continue to show you how to show himself to you to help bolster your faith even more. I want to say that. Let me read that again. He will show you how to have more faith. He'll continue to show himself to you to help bolster your faith even more. What measure of faith you give, he'll give you even more. What you provide, what you bring to the table, he'll add to it. That's what you need to see about this whole thing about what he can do as far as bolstering your faith. So the first section we're going to look at for as far as what God's provision is for your faith, it's his very presence. Now you notice the P on the handout or on the uh, overhead is, is highlighted in red. You'll figure it out later as we go along if you haven't already figured it out. But the first part of this is his presence. His presence is constant. We've kind of said this already, but I'm just going to emphasize it again. But he also reveals himself in such a way that is proportionate to the faith of the individual. Some of us are real big faith people. And God can give us even more. Some of us don't have but a little bit of faith. But God will give us even a little bit more for that person. Like the mustard seed thing. That's right. Some need to see him a little Some need to see a little more, and some people need to see a lot more. Okay? I mean, that's true for all of us. We all have different areas where our faith needs to be kind of bolstered and challenged. But he gives each of us a little bit more based upon where we are right now. Each of these gives the person the ability to see God's presence more and more as time goes along, but it also challenges the believer to grow with each living presence with the reminder that God is always present through the Holy Spirit. Psalm 1611. And I'll read from the ESV version, the English Standard Version. You make known to me the path of life. Listen to these passages. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now that passage is saying, you're giving me, Lord, you're giving me the right path to go on. There is fullness of joy whenever you're around. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's nothing like really understanding how important that really is. Because all that passage is saying is that wherever the Lord is, there's going to be peace. In spite of whatever is going on. There's peace. There is comfort. There is a fullness of joy. And who doesn't want that? Fullness of joy. Another passage, Exodus thirty-three, fourteen. And this will be relevant for some of us who feel like we're worn out. Exodus thirty-three, fourteen says, And he said, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Amen. Because some of us need that rest. I have a I have a chair at home, and 
sometimes I look forward to getting in that chair. And it's, it's actually an office chair. And I'll, I'll just say, should I tell them how much it is? It's a $400 chair. But sometimes you have to buy high-quality chairs for the best product, best comfort and product. And it's an office chair. It's a, I forget what is it, Samsonite? Lazy Boy. Samsonite. All leather chair. But it's a good quality chair and it's got a lot of comfort. And it's going to last. That's, that's the whole point. You want a chair that's going to last. You should have a chair in your house that's going to last more than two years of sitting in. And for some of us big bodies, we need something that's going to last us for a little bit longer than a couple of years. No names. I mean, I'm a big body too as far as I'm concerned. So... But that chair, that chair is like the most comfortable chair. It's going to hold up. But the point of that is that it gives you rest. No fighting. The point of that is that it gives you rest. And we need to understand, and I'm giving a personal analogy to what that really means, that when you sit in that chair, all your muscles relax. Whatever you happen during the day, you just forget about it for that one moment. And you relax. And you can nap in it too, yes, if, you, if it happens that way. Can I come and visit you? <laughs> hey, it's, it's just a chair. <laughs> you have to go out and get your own. <laughs> but the kind of rest that I'm speaking of really pales in comparison to how God can give you rest. But you're relying upon Him. Okay. Now there's a response to how God builds your faith. Your response. Number one is prayer. You're praying, and I heard the word praise mentioned before, and I, I and I mentioned that prayer is a form of praise. You're praising the Lord, and you're communicating with Him. Yes, I'm sorry. Sometimes when we pray, we don't realize. That when we in His presence, we should join with thanksgiving and praise. Absolutely. But we act like He's our person or Santa Claus or somebody. We just go in, Lord, I need this, Lord, I want that. That's exactly what I was referring to when I was talking about the the, uh, self-centered type of praise. Mm -hmm. Those kind of the Santa Claus. You know, God Mm -hmm. is Santa Claus. God is a genie. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that yesterday. God is a genie. You rub your magic lamp. And you'll get whatever he has for the three wishes or whatever it is. Wow. Yeah. There are some people that actually equate God to that, which is obviously a, a not a correct teaching. And I think that she's making the point that we need to have a praise. But what we're learning, though, is that this is a learned behavior. You're learning more about who God really is. He's not a genie. He's not Santa Claus. Okay. Not a bail not our bellhop. He's not at our beck and call, you know. And the fact is, is that he doesn't need to be because he's always present. It's about how we're viewing and how we're seeing it. Yes. Well, unfortunately, when you hold those views of God, we slam to his character. Correct. Because you're treating him like something he's not. Right. And what's bad about it is you look for all these things and you don't get them. You know, where's God? God's terrible. He's not a good guy. And it's like, well, maybe your expectations were wrong. That's right. Yeah. To you, he was wrong. That's right. Remember what I said. Praying worldly prayers, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be. You're going to be dissatisfied. You're not going to get what you're asking for. There you go. 
That's what the passage in James says. You're, you're going to be tossed to and fro. You're going to be all completely confused all the time. Yes, go ahead. But Sorry. When, it's taught, when that doctrine is taught out there. Yes. Uh, you know, not biblical doctrine. Help yep. them name and claim it. I yeah. Had, I had a lady yeah. tell me one There's not enough time this weekend to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lady tell me I didn't have enough faith because I've been struggling with asthma like this since I was 45 years old. Yeah. And she's going to tell me about my faith. And I'm and all by your stripes you heal. I said, I am healed. I have uh, eternal life. Amen. So, you know, if people just not talk right. They're not talking right. We actually talked about this yesterday for those of us who were here. But there's a lot of unbiblical teaching out there. The name and claim a thing. The whole thing about, well, because you're suffering, you've got sin in your life and all that. It has nothing to do with that. It's just incorrect teaching. Because we already know from Scripture that sometimes God puts an affliction on a person that has nothing to do with sin or not a generational sin. But ultimately it comes back to what? Glorifying God at a given moment in time for people to see it. Amen. That's what it comes down to. I was going to say, you've heard the term stand in the gap. Yes. When you hear people teaching stuff like that, you don't have enough faith because you're not being healed or something. That's when you need to step in with correct teaching. You have to. Because there's a lot of people hearing that and they will be like, is that true? They're not sure. That's right. That's how you can... That's how you can activate that verse in the Bible. It says, stand in the gap for others. That's right. Pastor Gus can't cover everything with sermons every week. He covers a lot, but he can't cover everything. You've got to study yourself. You have to learn yourself. That's why we go through this whole image thing. That's your personal study. That's your personal experience. Someone else said that. I was going to say, what about the children born afflicted? What about it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Have they, are they committed faithless and committed sin and all that? I mean, what's the doctrine on that? The children I'm not asking you, but just asking that type of teaching. Well, in that type of teaching, have, what have we concluded, though, even though children are born afflicted? They're innocent. They're innocent. They have nothing to do with where they are. They, this is what they've got. So I'd like to ask the minister then what... What, what's the cause of that? Are they sinners or faithless? Not you. Okay. Yeah. Don't ask me. She said, based on that well, he's a pastor over here. You can ask me. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not my pastor, but based on that type of thing. Based on that type of thinking. Yeah. Because, you know why? Because we can't explain everything. There's not always going to be an answer that we can come up with from a worldly perspective. The only thing we can possibly point to is what Scripture has done. We've seen people who were born afflicted. Born in a fall, we are born in a fallen world. This is a fallen world. After the fall, everything just fell apart when it came to how people came into the world. You're right. Yeah. You have to go back to John nine that we talked a little bit about yesterday. The mm-hmm. man was born that way. That's right. Mm-hmm. But Jesus said he was born that way, that God might be glorified at a certain point. That's know? right. And we may not see how somebody who's afflicted with real severe mental issues, how they glorify God, but somehow God's getting glory out of that light. We may not see that person all curled up and, and may not see it. How but God even if you and I saw that person say Thank you, Lord. I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. We just 
said something. He's glorifying God. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I'm just talking about that type of teaching. Well, the teaching is, that's the whole point. This is why we're having this discussion. Because ultimately it's up to you guys, when you hear something weird like that, to address it, to answer it, and have the courage to speak up and say it. Because that ultimately is what, the more you are confident about your own faith, you'll speak up and say, wait a minute, that's not what I taught, was taught, or that's not what I understand about Scripture. Let me show you what I understand about that. You're not doing it in a, in a demeaning way, but you're doing it in a way of correction. Because if you put it out there that the way they've been thinking is completely wrong, the Holy Spirit is going to take care of the rest. When you bring something to mind, let the Spirit take care of the rest. You bring it out, you bring the point out and say it, but ultimately let the Spirit take care of the rest to teach that person. Yeah. What they do, though, they get stuck in Scripture. Right. Because there's only certain scriptures they can go to. Right. And then they're they're done. They're done. No. But the whole process, when you look at from the the ship, uh, the one with David, uh, with uh, what's his name? Melchizedek. No. Best friend, son. Oh Lord. You you can say it then. Meshibbeth? Oh, 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 yes, okay, okay. Yes, he was. But because of the relation between David and he set him at his table for as long as he could live. That's right. That's right. And that and that act itself, that was an act of compassion. What are you doing? You're showing God's character. That's reflecting upon God's character. You're showing compassion to someone who is less fortunate or having a hard time. Those are all good things. Now, I mentioned prayer, and there are passages. I'm going to go ahead and go through these really quick. Uh, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. That's the praise aspect. Got that? John fifteen seven, ESV version says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But there's a condition there, isn't it? Abide in me and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, that sometimes is hard for people to see and understand. But yet he promises he's going to do those very things. And of course, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, who knows what that verse is without even looking it up? Three words. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Pray always. Be, you know, that's, it's a very short verse. Pray without ceasing. Remember I said we need to be more prayerful? We're praying all the time. This is a lifestyle. This is a lifestyle. Next thing, praise. We're giving the emphasis here. You notice these words start with the letter P. Oh boy. You might have found me out here. Psalm 106.1. You can jot down the verses and look them up on your own later, but I can read them to you. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. That's praise. 
And guess what? You know what? We need to learn how to praise Him. We learn how to praise Him when we know His goodness and we see His goodness. Sometimes it's good to even write down how good He is to us. What has He done for us each day so we can remember and look back on those things? Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give him thanks to give thanks to him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever his faithfulness through all generations. And there's another passage there I won't read it Psalm 150 verses 1 through 6 you can go back and look at that and Hebrews 13:15 Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. And the other P word in our response is that PACT we talked about earlier. That's an acronym. And again, again, Charles, what's the acronym stand for? <laughs> you had it on the you had it on the on the, on the, on the uh, bookmark. Pray, ask, consult, and trust. Yeah, Joanna had to help you there. That's all right, baby. Just forget it, man. We're not going to call on you anymore. All right. Pray, ask, consult, and trust in the results. That's very important. That's our response for what God does for us, His presence. We need to be prayerful. We need to ask Him, consult consult with people because they have good advice and wisdom as well too and trust in the results. In other words, if you get the advice, don't just drop it on the floor somewhere and leave it. Trust in the results. Okay. Questions? Good? Shall I continue? Yes, go ahead. You're using the word prayer. And pray more. Nothing wrong with them. But we lost an old thing that older people used to say: pray through it. Pray through it. You're in it. Now pray through it. Through it. Through it. Through it. Through it. Well, right there. You just keep praying. Keep praying. And you pray through the crisis. You pray through your circumstances. You pray through whatever's taking place in your life. You're praying through it. That's an actually a very good point. And that does follow within what First Thessalonians 5 says, pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. In other words, you're just not praying at 10 o'clock in the morning one time and then stopping. Wait and see what you just keep doing. Keep praying through the whole process. Yeah. Um, one of the verses that we read earlier was prayer and supplication. Supplication. And supplication is, I, I just wanted to know what it meant. Sure. It's the action of asking or begging something earnestly and humbly. Okay. That's very good. That's a, that, is a, that is a definition from the dictionary provided, and that's fine. Yes. Yeah. Just a no, that's good. But we say it all the time, but what... What does it really mean? My wife like, what's up? I know. I know. That's a great point. But it's humble. 
Yeah, it's about, yeah, it's a, it's a humble request is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I think every time you pray, you are humbling yourself. You're realizing that you can't do it alone, you're relying on Him. To be if your prayers are God-centered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got yeah. to, we got to, gotta you, you have to have that as the underlying, because we also <laughs> talked about the self-centered prayers, right. which are not part of that. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's a humble prayer and it's God-centered, you're in good place. Mm-hmm. Amen. Because he's going to give you... The thing that we always had to struggle, we struggle with about praying through it, like Gus is talking about, mm-hmm. we don't know what God's timing is. Right. Mm-hmm. She said it's not the same. That's right. Mm-hmm. We have a very... We're very short term mm-hmm. when it comes to timing. God is very long term. Just like the whole thing about the affliction of the man who was on, on the side of the pool for 40 years. Mm-hmm. 40 years is a long time. Yes, before there was actually something done in his life to show him what he needed to do to change. That's a long time. I mean, shoot, I'm at least 40. (laughs) (laughs) At least. You said something about a worldly prayer. If it's not God-centered, then how can it be a prayer? Let's give some examples. Well, it can be a prayer, but it doesn't mean it's a prayer that God's going to really honor. Example. Give an example of a self-centered prayer. Yeah. I want a brand new car. You give one. Tell me. I want a brand new car. I want a brand new. Go ahead. Tomorrow. I want a brand new car tomorrow. Tomorrow. I want a brand new car. I'm gonna win the lottery. I'm gonna win. win the lottery. We went over these. Leave out if it's your will, Lord. Leave out if it's your will. You're leaving that out. Yeah. The problem is that your prayers have to be according to His will. It doesn't really. You can pray for whatever you want to, but if it's not His will, then you know, hey. You're going to be disappointed. That's why I said what I said earlier. If you if you pray outside of His will, you're going to be disappointed every time. Melvin, when you call it selfish prayer, yeah. Okay. I, I was was I was calling on him. I'll get you one second. That's all right. Sometimes we're praying, but in our praying, we're telling God how to fix it the way we want Him. That's we're right. That's another good example. Because I can catch myself. Because sometimes I tell the Lord, "Go ahead, Lord, and, and just." Go ahead and slide him. Go ahead and beat him up. Tell him how you find him. Okay, yeah, you gotta stay on his good side. Yeah, boy. Tell me you be on his bad side. I'm like, Lord, you come here. Let me say his words again. Yeah. Now, remember that. There was a prayer from your heart. A prayer from your heart? You have to have a terrible heart to pray like that. Oh, Well, you have a heart that needs to be, it needs to be. Yeah. Less selfish mm-hmm. and more focusing on the Lord. Go ahead. No vengeance. Example, you off the rule here. Jesus modeled prayer in the garden. He asked for the cross to pass. That's right. But he said, but nevertheless, your will, not mine. That's right. So it's not that he didn't ask for what he wanted. Because nobody's going to say, hey, I want to suffer greatly. Have people spit on me, beat the daylights out of me, stab me, and watch me die painfully. Please. They're going to say, please don't let this happen. But he, he left that at God's feet and said, whatever. That's right. That's a great example of that, actually. Someone else. And God's template for prayer is, "Thy will be done," just as it is in heaven. 
Now we have to teach ourselves this. You have to understand this is this is a learned behavior. When you first became a believer, you didn't know any of this stuff. You really didn't. You have to learn this. He was surrendering to him. That's exactly right. Because he, look, he knew why he was there. He knew, he knew what he was going to be doing. He knew that eventually he was going to have to go to the cross. Of course he knew that. But it's the human side that we have to see as taking place that makes it relevant for us. We have to see that human side come out as well, too. And yet he was giving you the example, a sinless man who's a human, mm-hmm. praying, ultimately, to do the Lord's will. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, have you ever, but I'm going to say, I. Have you ever? Prayed for something. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped praying about it because nothing seemed to be happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then I get to a point where, me, this is a personal thing. I want this to stop happening, mm-hmm. and it's not stopping. Yes. So I get to a point where maybe it's just me. Maybe, it, Lord, I'm trying to pray right. It's not just you. But I just mm-hmm. stop praying about it because nothing's happening. And his time. And then a little, little time go by said. I should continue to pray about it. I know I should continue to pray about it. Because somewhere along the line, he's working it out. I just don't see it. But I have stopped praying about certain things. It's not happening, Lord. Right? Understand that that's that's a very real thing. But it's like... And other people have done the same. Am I leaving it to his will? Or is it just me... Mm-hmm. What is it? It's not, it's not, so I'm going to stop praying about it. Because mm-hmm. it's not happening. Then I come to my senses. Mm-hmm. I need to pray about this. Mm-hmm. I need to continue That's right. to pray mm-hmm. about this. And the Lord is bringing it to your mind to do that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately what that means is, is that you're, it's you and Him. Mm-hmm. It's your relationship that is benefiting from this ongoing prayer. And sometimes it requires patience. And yes, and I know that. Yeah. And I know in my, you talk about the heart, I know in my heart, but sometimes it's very, you know, it's difficult. Sure. Uh, two things about that. One, in the Greek you have only two words for time. And one time, one of the words time means a literal. It, it's, it's just long lasting. The other one is the right time. God's right time in the fullness of time God sent forth his son it is the right time God has the right time for some things and it won't happen until that right time hits the other uh, Paul Bonhoeffer speaks about his word faith a little bit Mm -hmm. he says faith demands trust from trust you move to knowledge because when you're trusting God, you're also learning about God. That's right. And in the process of learning about God, you also take on then more responsibility That's right. in the knowledge that you have of this God in whom you have faith. Exactly. Understand that the prayer is more, probably you don't even realize it sometimes, but it's more for you 
mm-hmm. in your relationship with the Lord, even though you're praying about something else. And I've even shared with my daughter yeah. something that didn't happen for a long time. And mm-hmm. I said, do you see what he did along the way? That's right. Because mm-hmm. he's doing things. You that's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. But we have to see that sometimes. That is evidentiary. We have to have evidence in some ways of God's presence as far as him actually doing these very things for us. So that's important for us to see too. But it still requires faith. And and real quickly, you know, and there's teaching and discipline involved in that too. Yes. Oh yeah. You're being taught as you're look, as long as you're living and breathing, you're learning something. True true or false? Absolutely true. As long as you're living and breathing, Miss Laura God bless her. She's still learning. Okay? It, and that's something that we all need to understand, too. The learning doesn't stop. There are still things that God is teaching us every day. Yes? one scripture that reminds me what God is. It's kind of an answer. It's kind of an encouragement. It says... In 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Amen. So, yeah, we might not pray all when we should. He's not going to stop working because we stopped praying. Right. right. And he's going to be faithful to that. What he started, he will complete. Mm-hmm. So it's a process. We get to we get to chime in. We get to be a part of it. I mm-hmm. thought of my dad. I started praying for my dad right after I got saved at age 26. Mm. My dad didn't get yeah. saved till I was over 56. Mm-hmm. I didn't pray perfectly. Mm-hmm. I did pray for him, but there were times where I probably like, oh yeah, dad. You know, so I, then for yeah. a while, then you're like, is this even going to happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's great example. I actually God thought did, of that when you were when God she was did talking not about save him because I didn't pray somewhere in those 30 years. That plan was coming, but when I remembered to, it reminded me to get back on my knees before God because there was nothing I was going to do that was going to fix and that. I, and I think about things, for instance, Lynn and yeah. people around me and their situations and how long they've been praying about a certain thing. I do think about things like mm-hmm. that. And that's good. That's all part of the, the growth that's taking place. But the Lord don't come good morning until you're always on time. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a, that one of those time definitions. Yes, one more. The maturity is in the, in the, uh, the growth in it is accepting the answer. Accepting, the trusting in the results. Mm-hmm. Accepting the answer. You know, if we don't get the exact answer, some of us, we just go, oh, no. <laughs> what is that? Is that, really, is that really trusting in the Lord? No. Because it's not your answer? Well, now you've just taken the whole picture out of what the Lord is doing here. You just want to see something for yourself. And keep in mind, though, I'm saying I don't want to feel like it's a selfish prayer yeah. because it's not being answered. Right. I just this to happen. Yeah, I know. So that's why I, I stopped. Maybe I'm not praying right. No, I mean, the Lord is dealing with you yeah. individually yeah. with your situation. That's only a Donna thing and, yeah. and the Lord thing. Lord and Donna, Lord and Donna. He's working with you personally. He knows what your heart is. It starts with your heart. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a selfish prayer if he knows that you have a heart for one to see good things have a good outcome. That's a good thing. And that's obviously part of his will, too. He wants Uh to see that. Uh But it ultimately comes down to a lot of things have to take place for that to occur. And they have to take place sometimes over a long period of time. 
because he it's in his perfect timing. Yes. You know what? Uh, I know Pastor tells me sometimes like, I, I pray simple prayers, but the other night... Careful. When, Here we go. <laughs> you remember a couple weeks ago when the Cavs were playing? Yep. And I felt so sorry for them. And they got to... <laughs> That's why I said, here we go. And they tied 95 and 95. Right. And I said, Lord, you know what? They have been so pitiful. And I said, Lord, you know what? Could you... Could you... Could you do something in this game... Beyond their ability, that they would, that they would just, just show, just show yourself great. Beyond the ability. Yes. And when, uh, when the, uh, what's his name, LeBron, LeBron. see that ball? Mm-hmm. He had no idea that was going to go in to that thing. Yeah. When he turned around, they were shocked themselves <laughs> that he hit that, that thing. Mm-hmm. And I felt God. Yes, that the other people were brand new. It went in. And and you know what? He said it was like he was in high school He couldn't believe it himself. And you know what? I believe with the Lord. The Lord looks at silly prayer. I mean something prayer. Because they were beautiful. They needed help. And God can only help. Alright. I'm gonna take a couple more because no, put a hard brain. Real quick on her. Thank the Lord for simple prayer. <laughs> Three months ago, I said, Boy, these calves are pitiful. Lord forgive me for praying for the calves, but this is is this too simple? Praying for the calves. Do you know they got four new players? And got rid of six. Yes. Right after I prayed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, And that's the great way to summarize that. Absolutely right. Amen. All right. We're going to take a break. This is a hard break for checkout. For those who have not checked out, please go ahead and do that now, and we will come back and we'll resume the program. And we'll see you in a little bit. About 10 minutes. About 10 minutes. (laughs) 